Welcome to episode 16 of the Rosenthal and Jessel Nick Vanity Project. They say all good things must come to an end, Anthony, but say it ain't so. It's all right to cry. Crying gets the sad out of you. Raindrops from your eyes, washing all the mad out of you. And probably we are back for one more go around in the podcast studio, Anthony. You said it was kind of hard to recharge the batteries here after last week, but you're here. Yeah, I wanted to quit two weeks ago, and you didn't <laughs> let me, and now I'm back, and I uh, regret it. Stop. It's the last episode. Um, you know, now that I'm here, I'm happy to be here. Uh, are we drinking champagne in the studio? No, that wouldn't be allowed, uh, <laughs> but I wanted to. Um, it's, it's, this is the last one. It should be. It should be fun. We should let it all hang out. Yeah, I mean, you had you had certain rules that uh, you had to say. You know, you put some rules down if we were going to do a last show. I had some demands for a last show. One of them because you know, you it takes a long time to get here every week. You insisted that I be the dri- your driver today. Yeah, that you come pick me up, take me here, and drive me home afterwards, uh, which was fun. Which I did, yeah. and uh, this is my. I'm off on vacation this week, so uh, I've made. You know, multiple people upset with me showing up here today. Uh, my wife, of course, because mm-hmm. now she has to watch our kids a little extra during my vacation. And uh, my other podcast uh, was not help, not happy that I came in for this podcast, but not their podcast. You do another podcast? Yes. I've, when I've did that men- start? I've mentioned it to you many times. We actually did one at the Super Bowl last week. That's why we uh, we weren't on the show, but we did do a best of show, which I we'll talk about in, in a few minutes. But we, you know, we did my other podcast at the Super Bowl. Watched the little Broncos and the Panthers taking them out. Uh, what a what a weird game that was, but what a cool week it was. I, I enjoyed San Francisco very much. I met up with some podcast listeners. Oh yeah, how was that? We we did a meetup. For my other podcast. Like an official meetup. Like, how did you let people know to meet up? We tweeted it out, like, a few days in advance. Or the night before, we said where where to meet up. And then we tweeted it out a couple times. And a lot of people came. I would guess maybe about 50 people. And did you enjoy it? Like, I've gone on record. I do not like meeting (laughs) with fans. I can meet meet them, like, one-on-one every now and again. But I don't. (laughs) If there was a meetup where, like, people went there to meet me, it would be my worst nightmare. Especially if it's in a bar and everyone is drinking. I would not like it. It was a little intense. And a friend of mine from high school, Kathleen, was there. And she kind of, like just saw that it was intense initially and immediately just started, you know, putting shots uh, down my throat, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was a good move by her. Just kind of loosened it up. It was fun. But I was I was surprised and um, pleasantly surprised that so many of the people, most of the, the listeners listened to both podcasts and they all wanted to hear about RJVP. They all wanted to hear about the Rosenthal and Jessel McVanity Project. RJVP. Would you say that more fan there were more more people who were there <laughs> were interested in RJVP than in the podcast you just started recently? <laughs> uh, well, the, I didn't start that recently. We've been doing that for three years, and it, they what's it called? The Around the NFL podcast. Okay. And it changed names. It used to be around the league. Inherently, they were going to be listeners of that podcast because they would have had to have been following us on Twitter, really, for that for them to show up. But I was amazed. They they at least to me, they didn't really want to talk about it. They wanted to. Uh, talk about the Jesselnick podcast. They had theories about what last episode uh, meant. They asked a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of questions about Jesselnick. I was, I you was know, pleasantly surprised. You have that, an audience. These are the people that you're potentially giving up on that are going to be heartbroken, an Anthony. Of course, I have an audience. I'm a television star. I'm a star of stage and screen, not 
podcasting. And the fact that RJVP doesn't have their own Twitter account is one of the many reasons that I'm leaving, that I'm getting away as far away as I can. I'm sorry. The National Football League. We no, I'm not, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at you to commiserate, Brandon. I'm not, uh, I'm not blaming you. That's not your job. I'm sure there's someone at the at the at the uh, at the network. Really, it probably would have been Brandon. No, I would have had to go through somebody actually to get that yeah. approved. That's yeah, Brandon, our producer. For, that would have been a problem. The last time we introduced Brandon. <laughs> last time anyone introduces Brandon. What are you going to do after this, Seppuku? Uh, women's track and field. Seppuku. That was a joke for Greg's wife. <laughs> no one gets that joke, other than uh, you know the people at my wedding who you. Um, we made fun of my uh, my wife's uh, nationality. She, you know, she was she grew up in Orange County, uh, one to eight, but then a lot of time in Japan. She's Japanese. Orange County, Japan. Yeah, they have one there too. And you said that me, that our marriage was really me during the speech, uh, finishing off my uh, fetish. Satis- really. Satisfying your fetish. Yes, that's the one part of the speech that I remember. I may have been drunk during that too, not just this podcast. Although I'm not drinking during this podcast, I would never. No, I would never drink uh, and podcast at the same time. We. Yeah, it was a cool experience though. San Francisco was a great location for a Super Bowl. I would yeah. rec- I would recommend it doing it highly. It was very far. You know, the game was very far away. That was annoying, uh, how far away it was. But it was cool. It when was, what time do you have to get to the game? Since you're kind of working it, what time you got to be there? We got there. and This is later than usual. We got there at eleven for a three thirty game. Wow. It's like there's nothing to do. There's really not that much to do for that whole time. Maybe ten thirty. We got there. Okay. Okay. Sounds sounds fun. I heard the people of San Francisco did not like. Having the Super Bowl there, they were all kind of annoyed. Yeah, they didn't seem to care that much, but that's why I kind of liked it. It was just part of the city. You were just hanging out in San Francisco for a week, and uh, the Panthers were like the loosest team I've ever seen during a week. I guess it didn't really help. Maybe they were too loose. Maybe maybe they were a little too confident. And the game was inter. You know, it was intriguing. It was tense. It was surprising. I don't know if it was a great game. It was not. It was People not. don't listen to us for our football analysis, though. So I don't know. Oh, they do. That's all they listen to us for. Let's get into what was cut. That was little Wayne. What was cut last week? This is unprecedented. This is not since our first podcast have we had an episode where nothing was cut. Last week, I don't know if you heard the podcast. If you have, if you haven't heard last week's podcast, hit pause right now. Go download episode fifteen. Listen to it. If you had listened to it, listen to it again because you're going to miss a lot of inside jokes, a lot of great stuff in last week's podcast. And I think the fact that we brought in Goodell mm. to kind of help us curate uh, the best of RJVP, uh, I think really helped us out. The, the, the shadowy league figures couldn't really edit anything, couldn't mess with anything. A <laughs> uh, lot, of, lot of offensive stuff, a lot of inside jokes, a lot of outside jokes in uh, last week's podcast. I told my mom not to listen to it. Really? I made sure. I forgot to tell my brother not to listen to it. He called me and was, was upset. Uh, he was upset. Yeah. We did get a lot of people. Brandon was very upset. You know, it says the best of our podcast. And I think it did chose, choose all the best moments for our podcast mm-hmm. over the last 15 weeks. And Brandon was very anxious about it. He didn't think it was going to work. The first couple of responses on Twitter were very negative. They were angry. And he's like, oh, the people are hammering you already. First of all, I didn't care. Second of all, I didn't think that would hold true. And it didn't. I got more responses for this podcast than anyone I've ever done. I think people saw it as an experience. When they got through it or they listened to part of it, they had to share it. You got more responses than any RJVP you've ever done? or no, any, any podcast. Even the other one. I think I got league. hundreds and hundreds of responses on this particular one. People were, a, you know what? Give the, give the name of the other podcast user, people who listen to this. We'll maybe check that one out. 
the Around the NFL podcast. The Around the NFL podcast. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's from me. Doesn't sound like it's it's uh, it's my speed. But uh, people should check it out. Why you know, I now that this podcast is going away, I don't mind the competition. I support you. Uh, you always say that you're my best friend, um, and one of the reasons I often correct you and just say we're you know we're friends is I support you uh, in your endeavors. I've watched basically every show that you've ever done. You know, I, I've listened to you on various podcasts, maybe not every single one. But if you hosted a podcast for years, I would be aware of it. I would listen to it. If I hosted a podcast for years, I wouldn't be on those TV shows that you watch. <laughs> do you understand? I've got things to do, guys. Again, I am slumming when I come here. My, my favorite thing about last week's episode, though, was hearing the different experiences that people had with it. Like, I asked my mom about it, and she said, she said, oh, that was really funny. I listened to about 15, 20 minutes of it. I was like, oh, you didn't get to the did – you, did you skip ahead? She's like, yeah, but she didn't know that there was a, a sweet spot in the middle. And then I asked my dad, and just totally normally he just said, oh, yeah, I listened to the whole thing. It was funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, what? You did? That's amazing. A lot of people said it was our best ever, and I believe that it was like your best ever. I've never listened to your other podcast, but I believe that it was better than anything else you've ever done. For me, it was just like a walk in the park. You know what I mean, it was just kind of like a like a lazy Sunday. Well, Goodell was very proud of it, and I do think it was it was some of his you know best work. That's why we don't have to take anything out of this. Week. I mean, I'll I'll just quote Goodell here. He called me up. He said, "Anthony, I just listened to uh, episode 15. I am hyped." Is what he kept saying. I am hyped. It was almost you know some people at the meetup, uh, they really wanted to talk about it. They wanted to keep uh, the Rosenthal and Justin Lake Vanity Project RJVP. They wanted to keep it going, uh, and one of the things I liked is they had different theories about <laughs> what uh, last week's episode meant. What, what were the theories? Is it like an X-Files situation? What's going on? Whether it meant the show was over or not, whether I don't, I don't really remember. It was a hazy, it was okay. a bit of a hazy, hazy night, but people had different ideas over, okay, what did that mean? Were we giving a big, you know, middle finger to the NFL? My, my friends, my coworkers, uh, some of whom listen, you know, Mark Sessler, for instance, he listens to our Shout podcast. Shout out to Sessler. Um, the other guys don't as much, but when they heard about it, they were like, "Oh, you know, this is you're real. You're really gonna get in trouble this time. You know, the Je- you know, Jesselnik is not gonna be good for your career at some <laughs> point." Because they was like, when people when they hear this, they are going to take it down, and you're you know, you've gone a step too far. But people, but people love it. They I th- you know, it, w- it went up Wednesday night, and I'll say this, and we'll move on to headlines. I went, up, it went up Wednesday night, and I was excited about it. I was like, "Let's see what happens." I know Brandon was worried. Brandon was a little scared, like a little girl. Uh, and uh, about his job, and yeah, his about, his, pay, about his job paying the rent. No, I wasn't worried about the job at all. I thought it would be fine. It was just like people are going to listen to forty-seven minutes of pretty much a same of the best of. I, I know Rosenthal like, and Justin McVanity I project. Mean, come on, RJVP. I I looked it up when it first came up. I saw a couple tweets. I went and looked at it. Saw it was online, and then five minutes later, it was not on iTunes. And I thought the league took it down immediately, and I was furious. I was furious for about like an hour. I was texting Greg, and then they put it back up, and uh, all was right with the world. Let's get the headlines. But I thank you for putting me right back, Lord. And to you, Father, I would give my life back for it. That night, that sword, that gun, that war. Make the so-called soldiers just run like gore. Yeah, Frank, that is from San Francisco. And I got more banana clips than chimpanzees. That was little Wayne. Thumb on her nose at the uh, the, the song length uh, requirements <laughs> the NFL has given out. Why not? It's the last episode. We can do whatever we want. What are they going to do? Fire me? That's uh, Sports Center by Little Wayne. Oh, one of the reasons I love Little Wayne. Big sports fan. Who else is talking about Frank Gore? The inconvenient truth. We're coming from the San Francisco Super Bowl. One of the greatest all-time 49ers. Shout out to Frank Gore. Love Gore. 
He's my guy. It's gore. That's if that's gonna be our last little Wayne clip. We're only allowed two, you know, commercial songs each each week. Supposedly, we'll that. get into that later on. I'll get another one of my beefs with the NFL and their so-called rules after this. Uh, what's our first headline, Greg? Let's talk about Peyton Manning. Let's talk about Peyton Manning. I'm not happy. He won the second Super Bowl of his career, and I was afraid that he was going to retire right after the game, which would have complicated my week. Okay. What were you going to say? I was like, why were you afraid of that? Because I would have worked two extra. Like, we finished working. We did another podcast at 1.30 in the morning after the Super Bowl. It might have been 3 in the morning if he had retired because it just would have been a lot, a lot to get to. Well, you guys weren't prepared on. for that? Uh, we were somewhat prepared, but you still have to write off of what happens. We, we we're not pre-writing you know, 50 articles or whatever goes on. Sure. So he didn't retire. Um, but he did win his second Super Bowl. Almost a little apologetic about it, like he like he's enjoying the moment, but he knows he's no longer what he once was. He obviously didn't play well, and Von Miller and Demarcus Ware and Malik Jackson, those guys basically won the Super Bowl for him on his own. But the thing that was most noticeable about Manning was sort of how he celebrated right after the Super Bowl ends. The first person you see, he's not he's not hugging his wife, he's not kissing his little kids, he's not hugging his coach or teammates. He gets a big, fat kiss from Papa John. Peyton kisses Papa John. Why would you do that? <laughs> you don't have to kiss Papa John. I know he's got to deal with Papa John. He's already done the commercials. You've already sold all your dignity and thrown in Joe Montana's dignity to Papa John. You just won the Super Bowl. You can do anything you want. You can go out to the 50-yard line, bend over, and let the Noid <laughs> edited because I felt like it. I think I can't believe Peyton didn't retire on the spot. He couldn't have been lamer. He could not have been more lame at the end of that game. When Jerome Bettis won Super Bowl 40 10 years ago to the day in Detroit, he went out there and he said, this is it. I'm giving it up. I won the Super Bowl. I am retiring. And it was awesome. Yeah, the bus. The best thing he could have done. Bus is last Lewis, stop. Clever play on words there. When Ray in, Lewis. was in Detroit. That's how Ra- he said. Exactly. I mean, that's where he's from. <laughs> he went home to Detroit to retire. When Ray Lewis retired after the Ravens won, it was the best way you could retire. Peyton blew it. Not only, not only by not retiring, but by kissing Papa John. <laughs> who he did not have to kiss, and then claiming he was going to go home and drink a bunch of Budweiser? No, you're not. No, you're not going to do that. Why would you say it? It was lame. It's not even Disney World. It's, it, I'm going to drink Budweiser and not retiring. Weak sauce. I have a lot of things to say about it. Shout out to the Noid, by the way. Yeah, well, so how many people listening know what the Noid is? I bet Brandon does not know what the Noid is. Not a clue. you got to avoid the Noid. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you got to avoid the Noid. You have to be about 35 or older to know what the Noid is. Noid uh, ruins pizzas. But it's a pizza reference. It's a Domino's pizza reference. There was once a guy whose last name was <laughs> Noid, and he was so upset at Domino's for their, their Avoid the Noid campaign <laughs> that he got a gun and he took people hostage at a Domino's pizza and, 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 uh, and he requested two pizzas. No, he, maybe corporate headquarters. One of them to stop using this the This really what happens this is really in the what happens. commercials? He, not in the commercials. In real life, he took people hostage and then demanded two pizzas, <laughs> and they stopped using the Noid, ate one of the pizzas, and then gave it up. Gave up and went to jail. Hashtag avoid the Noid. So um, Peyton could have done the done the dirty with the Noid. Well, <laughs> which would have he, been, I'm sure, in violation of his contract. But why not? You just won the Super Bowl. Do whatever you want. Like it's our last show. This is my Super Bowl. I can do anything. I well, can fly. Well, he owns a. It turns out Peyton Manning owns a couple Budweiser distilleries or something. So he like owns that. them. You don't have to. You don't have to ruin your moment. But no one even knew that because now you could look at this where you and Peyton Manning have something in common. Hmm. I like where you're going. That he was thumbing his nose at the NFL. (laughs) 
<laughs> because you're not allowed to have an alcohol sponsorship if you're a, a player in the NFL. Yeah, not if you're a player. Only if you are a team or the league itself. Uh, otherwise, no. Yeah. So he, Unless, or if you're a fan of the game and you want to drink as much beer as you people want. People are saying, you know, that was that that mention was worth millions and millions. Imagine how much they're making off of us talking about it right now. Oh my god. Billions <laughs> of dollars. He also didn't show up to the team party. It was reported by Yahoo in a couple places. This I support. This I support. I don't know if I, I bet a lot of players did not show up to this party. Right. The, the team party for the Denver Bro- the world champion Denver Broncos was at the Santa Clara Marriott which I'm sure is not a, a great hotel, much less the best Marriott in the world. Why can't you guys get a better place? Why can't you just party in the parking lot <laughs> and get it on? Why do you have to go to the Marriott? I, I think Peyton was probably getting a room somewhere with, uh, with Papa John. Whoa. His wife and Papa John and annoyed. <laughs> getting the annoyed in there is going to make it a little crazy. I thought people picking on Manning for his post-game party activities. It's a, it's a little much. Uh, no, I'm not picking on him. I, think no, I know cool you're not. He didn't go. I think that I, I think it's cool he didn't go. It's he weird the to to PR guy had to answer to it at all. I, I have read, you know, I've seen this over the years. Like, if Tom Brady, when they win the Super Bowl, he'll kind of be at the team party. He'll go through for a little bit, but then he'll have sort of a, a off room where it's like the separate Tom Brady party. Or you know where the close friends of Tom Brady come in. Yeah, you stop, but you got to stop in. You know what I mean? Like I've I've had rap parties for shows I've done, movies I've done, and that's like when in the you, Super Bowl, you drop in, you say hello to the little people, to the crew. You know what I mean? Like I would have gone in and been like, "Hey, what's up, Brandon?" and then taken <laughs> off, and then gotten out of there. Uh, but you got you got to do that. But I think it's on the Broncos for not having it at a better place. If they had had it at a Budweiser brewery that served Papa John's, then Peyton would have been there for sure. Well, Santa Clara, Santa Clara is very far from anywhere, so maybe it was just a little tough logistically. I, I don't know what, the, I don't know what the, the thought there was. Maybe they didn't expect to win the Super Bowl. They were like, this Panthers team is great. They didn't have anything planned. They just threw it together last minute like the ATN uh, meetup that we did, the ATNFL meetup. Uh, the, one, the one other thing that I noticed post-game with the Mannings was Eli Manning and his reaction to the two-point conversion or the touchdown that the Broncos scored that basically put the game away for Denver. Of course, Von Miller gets the strip sack. C.J. Anderson scores the touchdown. At that moment, that's when I just start. I put my head down and I started writing. You're always kind of waiting for that moment when the game is truly over and you can stop paying attention and just start working. You don't have to tell me, brother. <laughs> and Eli Manning was, you know, they showed the Manning box when that moment happened. And all the Mannings are going crazy. Olivia is hugging some sort of grandson or nephew. That's his mom. And Archie's happy and everyone's happy. And Eli's just sitting there stone-faced. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I saw this. And not even stone He looks confused. He looks a little upset. He looks like he just ate a piece of Papa John's pizza. Uh, <laughs> I saw that at first, and I, I thought this is ridiculous. Because I've seen Peyton's reaction when Eli won those two Super Bowls against the Patriots, uh, which made them great. Um, and and, Eli, and uh, Peyton would be like a cheerleader. He would be like a little girl jumping up and down, so excited. Clearly afterwards they would interview him, and he was clearly so happy for his brother. I thought maybe Eli's, uh, Eli's being weak sauce. Whoa. Weak sauce here. But then I thought about the way that I watch Steeler games. And I'm on emotional lockdown until the W is in the books. That I kind of believe Eli's excuse, and I, I believe that they are close and they do love each other and root for each other. And I think that Eli was just an emotional lockdown until that game was over. What was his excuse? It was basically he was thinking about what they needed to do next. Yeah, he was like, are they going to go for two? This game's not over. They could still come back. He's on emotional lockdown, which I understand and I respect. I respect Eli more than I respect Peyton. Well, if you were going to be like one of the Manning brothers, uh, it would definitely be Eli. I mean, he's on emotional lockdown all the time, Mm -hmm. which is true of you too. Sure, unless he's out drunk with his wife in public. (laughs) 
That's fair. I saw Eli Manning and his wife a few times during the week. NFL honors they were at. Uh, Eli Manning, sneaky, better looking than you would think. You know, tall, tall guy. I think he's getting better with age. I mean, if you compare him to uh, to Peyton, of course he's better looking. Peyton's. You Peyton's, said the other show, Peyton should. Yeah. I think he's better looking than Tom Brady, Peyton, but he's not a good looking guy. You know, Peyton's not Peyton's not a handsome man, but if you put him next to Tom Brady, he's an Adonis. This is reminding me of the other night you. You know, I I texted you about the 15th episode of our, our the Rosenthal and Justin Lickvanity project, RGVP, and which now I'm I'm beginning to think maybe that should have been the finale. That w- that really was our mission statement. But I'm glad we're he- back here now, and you know I was happy with the response Thanks a lot. <laughs> I was happy with the response, and I texted you. You know how funny. You know how how people liked it, and uh, I was like, you did it. You did it again, Justin Lick. Do you remember what you responded? Uh, no, but I'm sure it was great. What did I say? You said something about, I've been carrying you since 2008. Uh-huh. No, 2000, no, like 98. No, 2008. It said 2008. You, you screwed up the joke. I definitely there, but, screwed up the joke. Well, 2008 is about when your career really started to take off or so, maybe. So you said you carry me. And, and I was, gonna, and I had a perfect response back. And for some reason, um, I was, I felt too nice and I don't know, I, I hesitated to send it back and then I really regretted not sending it. And now I feel like I, I should just say it. And my response was going to be like, the Rosenthal's make you human. That was going to be my response. Uh, that's that not, that that's, we that's offer not, a lot to you. you know that's what kind I mean? of true. I'm glad instead of g- sending me a pithy text that you wasted five minutes of our final <laughs> podcast to talk about it. You know what? Let's, this Peyton Manning thing, is all anyone's talking about, let's, let's reach out. Let's take a phone call. <laughs> let's ha- let's take the uh, Brandon. Let's take the fifth caller at eight 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 five 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 six six six. Fifth caller, you're on the air with RJVP. What do you think about this whole Peyton Manning situation? Anthony, do you have the telescope I made you? <laughs> oh, you know I do. <laughs> you know I do. What are the chances that my goddaughter Ellis would be the fifth caller to RJVP? Oh. Ellis, of course I have the telescope you got me. It's beautiful. I keep it as a centerpiece on my dining room table. What do you think about this Peyton Manning situation? You think he should have kissed Papa John's? You think he should have gone and like celebrated with his teammates? What do you think? I want to hear my dad. Your dad is right here. I'm right here, Alice, and and it's great to hear you on the show. I knew I know you had some big opinions on the Peyton Manning and the Broncos. You were excited for the Super I Bowl. Oh, you yeah. bet you did. This is, I mean, a little aggressive, a little more aggressive than I hear callers to be, but I like what you're saying. I like where your head's at, Ellis. Uh, any, what do you think about next year with the Super Bowl? You think the Broncos are going to come back? You think Peyton's going to come back? Anthony. Mm-hmm. Guess what? What? That's January. I invited you to Walker's birthday. Oh, Thanks, Walker's birthday! Thank you. I could not be there. Uh, I was not invited <laughs> by your father. Um, but thank you for thank you for doing that, and thank you for being our fifth caller. We'll talk to you soon, Alice. All right. I love you. Love you, Alice. Bye. 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 Good. Good. Uh, insight. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Indirect really shot by her stuff. about you not showing up to. A little upset I didn't show up at her at her little brother's birthday. Um, but, I, I, you know, I appreciate that she pays attention to the game and kind of knows what's up. And I'm surprised that she knows how to use the phone to call us. Uh, and I think, Brandon, great job on picking her as the fifth caller. It could have been anybody. Hey, listen, but, uh, I'm trying to step it up. It's the final episode, doing what I can. I know. That was great. The internal biological mental mechanism Let me know the exact time to pass it. Ace, eat a hot dog, get mustard on your face. 42nd Street is the place. That was your old droog. It was 40 Deuce, his new one. 
that, of course, uh, we, we played a lot of your old Droog uh, throughout the season uh, because w- the league mandated uh, we could only use two hip-hop songs of our choosing uh, for a short amount of time, and then we could use anything that uh, gave us a permission. And your old Droog and I are boys. We are friends, as we say in the biz. And he let us do, do anything we want. Found out recently that the league thought that we were just thumbing our nose at them and using as much hip-hop as we wanted. Didn't understand that the connection between me and your old Droog. So we could have been playing Lil Wayne all the way through, but I'm glad we didn't. I'm, I'm glad. glad we didn't, because your old Droog, I'm a, I'm a new fan. I'm a, I bought his album. It's fantastic. It's great. It's great stuff. Cam it's Newton was obviously in the news for what was just about the worst game of his season. He had a few in September that weren't great. I would say his teammates were the bigger reason why they lost that Super Bowl, but he didn't have a good game, and he didn't have a good post game. He left his press conference just about three minutes into it, was very you know, downcast, didn't really answer questions, people giving him grief for that. He again talked to the media on Tuesday, tried to explain a couple things, why he didn't necessarily go all out to get that fumble in the late fourth quarter. And then he was just saying that he was proud to be a sore loser, that you don't want someone that can take losing well. When you take losing well, you are a loser. So he's proud that he was a sore loser. Now, I'll say a couple things about this. First of all, him not diving for that fumble, I believe him and his teammates when they say that he was just waiting to see where it squirted out. He wanted to be in position to get that fumble. I I kind of appreciate that, that sort of football mind. Uh, And I also, about him as a press conference, of course you want a leader to stand up there and take the tough questions. But when you have a guy like Cam who's so dynamic, if you can't handle Cam at his worst, you don't deserve him at his best. To get that guy who's dancing and dabbing throughout the season, you're going to get a guy who's a sore loser at the end of the year. I think that's okay. But I do think, Greg, that his teammates aren't down. I don't think his teammates support him 100%. I think in the locker room people are a little upset at the way he's kind of carried himself all year. And then to, uh, to have that kind of game in the Super Bowl, it's kind of like a Don McNabb situation. Ooh. You know? You're getting with your low voice and looking at me very serious. There's a little bit of that, especially our intrepid reporter Connor Orr, who covered the Panthers for Shout us. Shout out to Connor. Last week. He, he thought that, yeah, the teammates, certainly the offensive teammates are totally down with him. I, I think there's probably some – it's natural. you got 50 guys. Not everyone's going to love e- each other. I mean, people hated – people supposedly did not like Dan Marino. They did not like Joe Montana necessarily. I mean, when you're a big leader and you're the main guy and you're getting all the attention – they're maybe not going to be down. So maybe they weren't down with, with how he handled the end. I think you can say that he didn't handle that situation great and say that it wasn't really his fault to lose the Super Bowl and that it's not a big deal. And those all can be true. It just sure. wa- it wasn't that true. I don't think it means you're necessarily uh, like piling on him to say it wasn't a great moment for him. Marshall Fox said on our air, basically, you know, he handled his first Super Bowl loss terribly, and he thought he learned from it, that he grew up a little bit after mm-hmm. the fact because he realized he didn't handle it very well. Sure, but I think, you know, whenever anyone's mad after a game, you're mad because you lost the game. You can have all these different excuses of what you're really upset about, but they're mad. They lo- if they had won that game, no one's mad at Cam. Bill Belichick is monosyllabic. He is so annoyed. Everything in his life has been drained away, and he wants everyone to die, and he makes it very clear. And he's, you know, the greatest coach of his era, if not ever. I would say Mike Tomlin, but uh, <laughs> but I kind of agree with you. I, I I think a lot of the piling on of Cam has to do with Brandon. Give me an echo. Racism, 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 racism. You know, let's take another caller. Let's take the tenth caller this time to eight 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 five 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 six six six. Oh, tenth caller. Is this Ellis again? What are the chances, Ellis? Great to see you, my goddaughter. I love you. What do you think about Cam Newton? Are you uh, are you pro or con? 
That's you can get here, mommy a donut. <laughs> Would I get you and mommy a donut? I would be happy to get <laughs> yeah. you a baker's dozen. Can you get us some ice cream? <laughs> that what? donuts and ice cream? I would be happy to. So uh, you you're saying you want Anthony because you know Ellis that I picked up Anthony and I brought him to work today. You're saying you want Anthony to come over tonight with a donut. Mm. <laughs> That's it sounded like Emika there listening. Would you like that, Ellis? Maybe, uh, maybe I will. I've got a show tonight. I've got to, I've got to perform stand-up comedy. Ellis, wh- Ellis, what do you think about the puppets I got you for Christmas? Wait, you had a question for us, Ellis. Let's listen to the question, Anthony. You got to be a good host and do that. Of course. Can you come to my house, Anthony? Your house? I would love to come to your house. I, I want to come all the time. I want to hang out with you as much as I can. But uh, your parents keep us apart. Bye. Okay, your Gaga and Grandpa are there, so I can't hang out too long. I totally understand that. They're kind of like the Cam Newton of the household. You know what I mean? They they show up in the big games. They're not always there in the Super Bowl. Is that what you're saying, Ellis? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So what did you think about Cam Newton, Ellis? About about everything that happened after the Super Bowl with Cam Newton and him not talking to the media and everything. Anthony, me and my dad, Anthony, mm-hmm. Grandpa, and me had a pizza and a salad party. You had a pizza and a salad party? Well, that sounds like the opposite of what Cam Newton did, and I think I, I th- understand exactly what you're saying, Ellis, and I love you for it. Thank you so much for, for being our 10th caller. Bye, bye, bye Ellis. <laughs> God, Alice, the tenth caller again. I mean, does she do anything but call in to radio shows and podcasts all day long? I love it. I love that she's a supporter of the show. Uh, and again, uh, thank you everyone who called in. But she was the tenth. She gets to do it. Uh, Greg, what's our hot take of the week? Well, I'm tempted to give the hot take of the week to Alice for that analogy she used between picking up the donuts and Cam Newton's post game reaction. But instead, I'm going to give it to Bill Romanowski. Uh, who sent a tweet that got some notice about Cam Newton right after the game saying, you will never last in the NFL with that attitude, and the world doesn't revolve revolve around you, boy. Unbelievable. First of all, you'll never last in the NFL. He will be a star. He was the MVP of the league. Uh, He will be around for quite some time, hopefully. Uh, Secondly, do not use the word boy when talking to anyone except your son. Even then, it's pretty disrespectful. But Bill Romanowski, a man who has famously dropped the N-word in the locker room uh, to his teammates many a time, uh, should never be calling anyone boy. No, it's insane that anyone pays attention to what this guy is saying. He eventually deleted the tweet. And of all people to be saying, oh, here's the right and the wrong way to do things in the NFL. This is a guy who, you know... He's been suspended. He's had all sorts of off-field problems. I don't even need to get into him. And and it, and it just proves what your point uh, throughout the year that I, that I think some of some criticism of Cam Newton is Hold gen- on, before gen- you say it, before you say it, give us the echo. It's about what, Greg? It's about racism. 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 That was the hot take of the week. Order one with two espresso shots and they call red eye. Ain't no teller how many newspapers I read. Buy several papers and I'll read them all twice. So I can recite them to you backwards, son of nice. That was your old droog. Your old droog. When I, I brought up the idea of possibly bringing Ellis into the studio just as an analyst mm-hmm. this week, 
didn't work with her nap schedule and everything. But uh, when I when I offered that, my mom wanted to come in to watch us just to see us dancing in between each segment, Ooh. which I, which she's heard about. People, I think it's the first time we've mentioned that we do a little dance uh, during these songs because <laughs> we because we bring the fire. We got to dance. Uh, no one will ever see. No one will ever see. No matter what Brandon tries. I have a real question though. Are we going to be able to get me unblocked? Before you leave for the oh yeah you know what if you if you pull up a laptop and you uh, Brandon and I blocked I blocked him on Twitter because he put a clip of me dancing up and I couldn't have that can I do that later yes I will unblock you I just keep forgetting but I would I would happily unblock you can I put up a clip of you guys dancing no okay no you cannot I have I have a a fan club that would jump all over that uh, and I I cannot have that out in the world (laughs) nobody dancing in Cleveland this week Johnny Manziel this story just keeps getting worse and worse. I don't even know where to start. His father made these quotes that said if if they can't help turn Johnny Manziel's life around, he's worried that Johnny is going to be dead soon, basically, that those are the sort of problems that he has, that he's suicidal. I, first of all, wasn't sure who they are. It's, his, it's Johnny Manziel's father. You would think he would be you know, part of that they, uh, trying to help Johnny Manziel turn his life around. Um, there was a report from our Michael Silver that when the Browns said he was in the concussion protocol, he was actually just drunk and showed up to practice drunk. Uh, Hugh Jackson, the coach of the team, basically says the the Browns want to help. It's more than football. He wants to save Johnny Manziel. They want to help Johnny Manziel turn his life around. But it, it's dark times in Johnny Manziel town right now. Yeah, this is, a, this is a tough one. And if this is true, if it's true that he showed up to practice drunk and they blamed it on a concussion, it's 100% on the Browns. Because Brent Favre should have practiced like every week drunk, and people thought it was great. That was like a funny story they told after he retired. Hockey players do this every single day, all right? Is it not true that I'm drunk right now? No, it is not. That was a test. <laughs> uh, but the Browns cover it up. That's reprehensible. If Manziel killed his girlfriend and himself like he had been quoted to do, edited because it's our last show. And I think it's hilarious, though. If there's a funny part of this at all, this man needs help. But I like that the serious part is that he threatened to kill his girlfriend and himself. Because if he just threatened to kill his girlfriend, <laughs> edited because I don't want you guys to laugh that much. This girl sounds awful. Like, it almost sounds like if he didn't have the girlfriend, he wouldn't have any of these problems. She sounds like a terrible person. She sounds like she sucks. And I think it's funny that the part that he was like, they're like, oh, you're going to th- kill your girlfriend? <laughs> edited because we bawled too hard. You know what? Let's, uh, let's, find out. let's find out what the people think. I feel like Greg wasn't really into my reaction to that. No, I, I was into it. I just knew it, it would seemed, all be cut. You I seemed kn- a little... Really? You, Probably. You, you don't think so? I also know... Well, there was a report that the Browns, way back in the day, wanted him to break up with the girl. As if, Of course. We it talked about it. It doesn't feel like a positive thing to be, you know, in this sort of situation, domestic violence, whatnot, like blaming, you know, the victim, blaming the... Blaming I don't know. I, I mean, Mandela's is wrong to have, uh, to have struck her to do anything, but she sounds like bad news. She sounds terrible, and no one has said anything positive about this woman ever. Let's take a caller. You know, let's take, the, Brandon, let's take the 100th caller, 888-555-5666. Hello, 100th caller. What do you think about this Johnny Manziel situation? Has he gone too far if the Browns dropped the ball? What did I, what did I want to say, Ellis, what do you have to tell us? I know you're speechless. I, I think a lot of people are when they hear about something like this. It's tough. The league is a tough place to play, much like you play every day in your backyard with the toys that I bought you, right? Uh. Mhm. Mhm. What do you think of the puppets that I got you for Christmas? Have you been using those? Have you been playing with them? Where is, where is my 
my toy box. They're in your toy box. Well, that's a great place to have them. Do you use the TP that I've gotten you? Have you been hanging out in the TP? Mm-hmm. Probably what what do you what do you want to say about Johnny Manziel and football, Alice? Is it, do you like football? Is it your favorite sport? I need to you know what? You go ahead and go pee-pee. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being the 100th caller. I know you had to wait in the, on hold for a little while, uh, but we really appreciate it. You go ahead and use the bathroom as much as you want. I, I don't mind. Bye, bye sweetie. I'll see, you, I'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> that was great. 100th caller, Ellis. Uh, what are the chances, Brandon, that she'd be calling number 5, calling number 10, and calling number 100? I don't know what the actual chances are, but I know that it's very improbable. Um, you know what? I, I see the phone lines are still lighting up. Just get rid of all those people. We're not going to take any more calls. <laughs> uh, but, but again, Ellis, uh, Greg, you've re- raised a great, a great uh, goddaughter for me, uh, which is pretty much how I think of her. Um, <laughs> let's take our next headline. That was uh, that was Roger Goodell playing a sad playing a sad song playing playing a violin, <laughs> a tiny violin, for how sad he is that RJVP is going away. This is our last episode. I, I picture like me listening to that song while I look at your corpse, Greg. Oh, taking care of your family. Why would I be dead? Because the show's dead. You have no reason to live anymore. This really came up in conversation on Monday night. I was at uh, my friend Evan's house. So you know, you know Evan mm-hmm. in San Francisco, and uh, you know I mentioned how you're the god godfather and they were like yeah but if if you guys die like anthony wouldn't take care of the kids would he like we like we would we'd help like they were trying to encroach on they're like you know they figured their parents or they could help take care of the kids i was like actually you'd be surprised i think anthony i I don't know if he'd be there all day every day but i think he'd find a way to take care of them i would i would be there to take care of them at least once a week if you guys (laughs) died uh i know i would i would look into it i'm one of my friends my my writing partner on this show i'm working on his godfather to a couple of different kids and one of them he signed paperwork that if something happens to the parents like he is there, he's in charge which you guys have not had me do but i would take anyone to court I would I would take him to the blood bank, Senator, if anyone tried to take those kids away from me once you guys die. Yeah, no, I think it's assumed. Uh, may, maybe we'll have to put it, you know, in writing one day uh, that that Anthony. I mean, you can take care of them. You can. I would be great. I would be. Great. I, I've got the money to do it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I can I can handle this. So halfway put, through, put it on my back. Put it on my back like a crucifix. Well, we hope this doesn't hell. happen. I mean, you sound a little too excited about the concept of Emika and I both dying together. I mean, even if it's not together, even if it's like separately, you know what I mean? Like, then I would still be on board. So, so if I died, you'd just move, move into the house, perhaps. Oh, at least nearby. <laughs> Edited to keep your interest. sad song that was Roger Goodell when he tried to score uh, the Incredible Hulk TV show when it, uh, the Hulk was kind of walking away hitchhiking Goodell gave it a shot and it got rejected that's why he's now the commish as opposed to uh, scoring uh, television shows from the 70s and 80s but it was a good it was a good song and, a, and again appropriate that Brandon would choose that since it's their last show and it's a sad time a little bit of a bummer and uh, I think when I think of Coldplay songs they're, they're a little bit of a bummer you know they're they're that mel- they wrote them? Little, well, that they exist at all. That they're, it's melancholy, yes. you know? It, you know, there's some hope normally, but it, some of them are just sad, you know, sad love songs. They were the NFL's halftime show, a little underwhelming for a lot of people. Basically, 
I didn't really, you know, I I didn't really pay attention. Did you watch it? Did I didn't. I, I watched the whole game, but I, at halftime, I walk away. Like I went and took a walk mm. with, with a friend of mine and just like got out of the house for a little bit. And I was at a Super Bowl party. So I got out and walked around and then came back right as it was ending. Uh, I did not care about any of it. I, I do that. I do a similar routine. I'm at the game each year, and it's an intense first half. Maybe we're just finishing up work for five minutes right after the half ends. And then I go take a walk, which I always feel a little bit like a jerk uh, doing. I don't feel like like everyone else gets really excited and they start going outside to get a better seat to watch the halftime show. But I usually just take a walk, kind of collect my thoughts, get some exercise, you know, think about the game. Uh, but people people were not excited about the cold play portion of no, this so much. They were excited when Beyonce and, and uh, Bruno Mars were on. Yeah, Beyonce and Bruno Mars are made for the Super Bowl. Cold play should never be allowed anywhere near it. Like, put them on it like the pregame. You know what I mean? If, like, if someone died who played football and you want to do like an in-memorial segment, in-memoriam segment, then you get Coldplay to play over that. But you don't want them at halftime. Like, do they even play songs that would pump you up, would make you excited? I mean, they, they, played their ver- you know, they played their songs that would be most likely to do, do that. I didn't recognize uh, a couple of them. Yeah, I know you were upset. You saw some negative reaction to uh, Beyonce. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch Beyonce. I'm, I'm a Beyonce fan in general. Like, I don't know her music. I don't listen to that kind of music. But I like her, and I like that she uses it as a platform to you know, talk about uh, talk about Black Lives Matter and to kind of do like the the Black Panther kind of thing because it points out, give me the echo, Brandon, racism, 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 racism. That when people get upset about it, they are showing their true colors. Rudy Giuliani saying that it's like all oh, middle America watches this. You know what's in the middle of America? Uh, St. Louis. You know what's in the middle of America? Missouri. You know what's in the middle of America? Ferguson. Ooh. They appreciate that. They want to see it. She's a black artist doing black artist things in the Super Bowl. That's awesome. I think it's great. And anyone who's against it sucks. Even though I've never bought a Beyonce song or could name one of them, I think she's awesome. And I hope the NFL does more stuff like this, where they let people do political statements as opposed to Coldplay. That was Roger Goodell playing multiple instruments at the same time, hands and feet. You would think it's hard to run a bow across strings of a violin or a cello with your feet, and it is. It's almost impossible. It's only been done by one man, and that man is Roger the God Goodell. LaShawn McCoy in the news this week, not for a reason that he'd want to be, got into you don't know that. a fight in a bar, and you know it being 2016, it got caught on phones, on video, and it turns out the people that he's alleged to be in a fight with, that he, you know, it's not confirmed that he was there, that they were under, they were plainclothes cops, undercover cops, basically. And there is some reporting that, you know, he might, you know, arrest warrant might come. And, and it just got me thinking a little bit about any, any fight situations that maybe Anthony Jeselnik's ever been in? Uh, I love this story. Um, he took on he took out two off-duty cops in a bar brawl. The quote from the cops are, "They got f-ed up." That's what they said. I know we're gonna bleep it, but that's what they said. What that was their direct quote. So he, he did some damage. And that's why you never get into a bar fight in Philly. Nine out of ten bar goers are plainclothes police. Then do you remember bar fights in New Orleans? Like we never got into fights in New Orleans. You actually. Did you get knocked out in New Orleans? I never was knocked out. You were I, carrying home someone who got knocked out. I and did. Got arrested. I did spend a night in Orleans Paris. 
prison. I don't know if I should be telling this story, but uh, yeah, there was a. Uh, a it was fra- noble. You didn't, it wasn't a bad cause. No, there was a, there was a fraternity fight. It was a fracas. You were helping. You were helping a friend who got knocked out. I was walking a block and a half away from where there had been a fight at that point, uh, with Greg Safinski over my shoulder. You know, a bigger guy. Not that, not a big big guy, but he ended up joining the bigger Marine, than you. you know, yeah. much bigger than me. And uh, we're walking, just kind of stumbling. All of a sudden, I hear a voice behind me, and it's just like, chick, chick. Uh, "Where do you think you're going?" And it was like <laughs> the co- the cops, you know, and they just they just put us in the car. And the worst thing was, then they went back to where this fight was, and they were just like, "All right, pick three of them just to even it out," because it was me, Safinski, and our friend uh, Pete Gardner. Yeah. And they were just like, they had to pick three of those guys. Like it's. It really is terrible to be oh, those sure. three guys who just had to take the bullet and go to jail to make it even. I didn't know you had to do that. I don't know they made, did like a social I mean, I didn't have to do it. I, I didn't pick. It was they, they asked oh, that the group. They okay. asked that group basically, oh, the hey, group send three of your guys. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that's <laughs> right. And then, then Safinski got to go home because he was concussed. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. You and just you and Pete had to go to jail. <laughs> uh, I spent a couple nights in jail in New Orleans, uh, non-consecutive. Um, for different things. Never a fight, though. But I always loved bar fights in New Orleans because people would start them all the time. People were drinking until all hours. There would be two guys from out of town bump into each other, start a fight. Every single bouncer in the bar would love it. They would jump over the bar, beat the hell out of both guys. Then both guys would go to jail, and the cops would be vicious to them the whole time they were in jail yeah. because they loved these bouncers so much. Like Cops would drink for free in all of these bars, so they would do anything that the bouncers and bartenders wanted. It was, uh, it was great. Do you remember our friend Steve Mercado? who got arrested outside of the bar he worked at <laughs> with a bunch of friends. And the next day, <laughs> he told them, and they were like, the cops work for us who, who sent you to jail. All you had to say was, I work here. <laughs> and they would have been fine. But he spent, he spent uh, 12 hours in prison. I, always, I mean, there, there were too many fights in, in New Orleans in general. Plus, you're in college, and you can just stay out all late. I mean, I was never, shockingly, never in the middle of any of these. But it was always annoying when someone you knew or vaguely knew would be involved. Because I think you were there. Something You were of the same mind. You, you would kind of have to be there. You would maybe even possibly get a little more in the middle of it. But you'd have to be there and kind of watch it. But also make sure, at least from my perspective, that I'm staying way on the outskirts. And I do not get involved whatsoever. Yeah, I was a guy that everybody wanted to fight. But I, I avoided fights, uh, <laughs> like the plague in college. Uh, but people always wanted to beat me up because I, of my mouth. And I was taller than you like you were a guy that people didn't really pick on no um but i i definitely uh i definitely uh inspired anger yeah uh, and several other whereas now people just now i'm huge and people just want to take me out Mm -hmm. i mean i almost punched you right now just while we're talking about it another sad one from the goodell symphony the Goodell Symphony Orchestra. Uh, they are incredible. And I'm starting to get a little sad, a little melancholy. Maybe this isn't my last show, but it definitely is. Uh, now, it's time for the NFL's favorite RJVP segment. Who's had sex? Oh yeah. Akib Tlaib, after claiming he was proud, his children got to see him try to tear a man's head off with a vicious face mask penalty and falling during an NFL Network interview, being watched by dozens of fans, turned to his wife and said the following, You're looking gorgeous, baby. We're going to get it in tonight. And you know what that means. They most likely had sex later on that night if he didn't get too drunk.
That should have been longer. Let's take the recommendation station. Greg, this is our last one. What are you going to recommend? I'm going to recommend, you know, anyone re-listen to all the Who's Had Sex segments because that is Anthony Jeselnik's favorite. My favorite. It's his favorite thing that he's done on this entire show. No, I will. uh, I'll make some recommendations. Mistress America have not recommended that on this show. Noah Baumbach's movie from a year ago or from about six months ago that kind of slipped under the radar. If you like Noah Baumbach at all, this is my favorite Noah Baumbach movie. Really? I love Noah Baumbach, first of all. I think he's kind of a genius. But I like it more than Francis Ha. I like it more than Greenberg, which is great. And it kind of just fell. I don't know why. It just slipped. Like I was shocked that, it, to me, it should have won Oscars. It was awesome. It's been very divisive. People have either loved it or hated it. I, I enjoy Noah Baumbach, Noah Baumbach. Not all of them, but I I, have le- I loved Francis Ha. I like a bunch of them. I need to see this. you, you got to uh, see it. Good recommendation. I will, I will send a book, it. too. I know people hate it. That's insane. Like if, like they th- you know, if you don't like Noah Baumbach, you think it's this sort of cloistered world, whatever. I get why he annoys some people. Like He's almost trying to be a little annoying, but it, it's awesome. I, I couldn't recommend it higher. By the way, whoever sent the database of all of our recommendations out on Twitter, send it to me again because I can't find that tweet and people have been asking and I was impressed that that you did this. So send it back to me on Twitter and you can add this one final book, Anna Karenina. And I know I'm going back to the classics, but I just I feel like someone needs to tell the tell the kids it's a page turner. People mention old Russian novels like they're the hardest thing to read. It is easy to read. It is a page turner. It's got everything you could possibly want in a book, maybe the greatest book of all time. Anna Karenina Dostoevsky, correct? Uh, Tolstoy. 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 Okay. It's the uh, best. Uh, that, is a, that is a good one. I have not read it. I have several copies. My, it's my, one of my dad's favorite books. I've always meant to read it. I and get the, get the Pashir and Volkansky translation. I'm even giving translation. Is that the newest one? That is, I believe it's the probably the newest one, but it's it's the one to go with. Because I have read Crime and Punishment, I have read War and Peace, but I have not read Anna Karenina. But I will check that out. Uh, I've got two. I've got a um, I've got a TV show and a comedy album. Uh, my TV show is American Crime Story: The People vs. O.J. Simpson on FX. It's only two episodes deep as of this podcast. It is incredible. It is <laughs> unbelievable. I love it. Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen it. Brandon has seen it. Brandon's a fan. Uh, it's unbelievable. And I, we were both kids. Watching that, we didn't get the full story. Getting to see it now is incredible, and the uh, the performances are great. And the comedy album, my good friend Emily Heller, uh, who was open for me on the road, has a, a, a comedy album out from Kill Rock Stars uh, called Good For Her. It is an excellent album. She's a very funny person. Uh, you should check it out. I'm wearing a T-shirt right now that uh, with her face on it. So check out that comedy album, and check out that TV show, check out that book, and check out that movie. That was Recommendation Station for the final time. <laughs> That was uh, that was Brandon tuning a guitar. <laughs> that was another sad one. I asked Brandon to pick sad music. I know, so somber. I look at this as a celebration. It should have been. Uh, looking back now, I should have had him pick like like peppy music. You know, what I mean, maybe play that one song over and over again. But uh, but this is okay. I bet we got a surprise coming. You always have a surprise for me. I bet there's something coming up. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Our listener of the week, GRC seventy eight hundred. Uh, you know, I know the show's ending for now. You got to come join me, listeners, and pressure Anthony and pressure the NFL to bring us back for a season two next season, something like that. But uh, so you can still leave reviews, is what I'm saying, because some people might find this in a couple months. That a lot of the people that came up to me said, "Oh yeah, it took me a while," but then I just cranked right through it. Uh, GRC seventy eight hundred says simply the best. If you gave this podcast fewer than five stars, you must have your head 
censored for being accurate. Touchdown, Airbud. Episode 15, probably the best podcast I've heard. It combines all of the best of the previous episodes into a montage, which will be a first ballot entry into the podcast Hall of Fame. Touchdown, Airbud. I feel like these guys are friends, best friends. Please, NFL, don't cancel the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project. RGTVP. Whatever Anthony wants, give it to him. If he wants Mr. Goodell to censor to keep Greg's job, make it happen. That, that ship has sailed. Oh. There were things they could have done, and they didn't do them, and now we're here where we are. And you can't turn back time. There's no time machine at the NFL Network. There's not a lot of things at the NFL Network. There's no Jesselnick at the NFL Network. Another one uh, that I like just said it just said RJVP has helped define their life. They, they were looking for a voice listening to this podcast. That was just insane. That was Roger Goodell watching the movie The Godfather and just tooling around with some musical instruments. Uh, pretty good stuff. Ask Anthony Ooh. this week. Where uh, I appreciate everyone tweeting at us as Anthony looks at me like he regrets us uh, drinking, well, not drinking champagne during this entire podcast. Because <laughs> that's not what we're doing. Um, <laughs> one of our listeners asked about a great Mardi Gras story, and uh, you didn't want to do that because your mom listens to the podcast, and all the Mardi Gras stories are just, just a little too much. So instead, how about a great New Orleans, you know, night story? From us at college, and that was from uh, Maria Deorio. People have been asking. We, we mentioned the, the tattoos we got uh, in college, and I'll tell this story very quickly, or as quickly as I can. It's, uh, I don't know if you, how much you remember of this. This was kind of I this, remember. This it. was a Jesselnik-driven night. This was St. Patrick's Day, uh, year 2000, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I the last thing I remember. It's like the middle of the afternoon. I'd gone to like an, uh, in in New Orleans. They they party for any reason, and I went to a uh, a St. Patrick's Day party. Where they're drinking green beer, it's like this big, this big, uh, like block party. I came home and I, I found myself with one of those uh, boxes of wine, but just the bag. And I was walking down Franzia. the street. Yeah, Franzia. Walking down the street, drinking like white wine out of a bag, and it's the last <laughs> thing I remember. And then I'm at Fat Harry's, this bar we would always go to, and I was like trying to make out with the girl, who was my girlfriend at the time's friend. And you, and everyone was like, Anthony, you 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 have this girlfriend you really like. Uh, get away from this other girl who was not attractive. Took me home. You got you and Palma Goldrick took me back home. Put me on the couch. Yeah. I passed out for 10 seconds and then jumped up and said, let's get tattoos. And it was like 1 in the morning. We called a tattoo place that said they would stay open for us in the French Quarter. We had Pete Yo, our friend who had not been drinking, drive us down to the French Quarter. And me, you, and Paul went in to get tattoos. Yeah. Instead of coordinating and being, let's go get the same thing, like something we would remember, I was looking around, and I couldn't, I couldn't pick out a tattoo. I was like, I can't even see anything. I'm too drunk. And I told you guys, I said, guys, I can't get a tattoo. I'm too drunk. And you said, we've already gotten ours. <laughs> we've already sat down and gotten our tattoos. And I didn't even ask you what you had gotten. I was like, okay. And I was looking at like a giant book of angels. And you were like, Anthony, don't get an angel tattoo. I was like, okay, thanks. Turned around and saw this like dragon on the wall. And I was like, get, get that. And I was like, should I get it on my arm? And you guys were like, yes, get it on oh, my arm. I love how like this is the crystal 
clear part of your memory is our reaction to you. You can't remember anything else, but it must be our fault that you. No, it's not your fault. I'm I think you were just like, this was sweet. I don't think Paul and I are helping you out. No, I was like, is this cool? And you guys are like, yes, do it. Like, and, and we were all excited at the same time. Yeah. And when you get, if you get a tattoo or you get a piercing, there's an adrenaline that kicks in where you're just like, everything is great. I understand why people get addicted to them. We, we were fired up going down to Yeah. It. So then I get this tattoo. And you're not supposed to get them when you're drunk, but these people did not care, the tattoo artists. And the next morning I woke up and was like, oh, yeah. And I had to, like, take off the bandage to see what I had gotten. Like, that's how drunk I was. <laughs> I found out that you guys – I got, like, a dragon shape, uh, like, a, like a Japanese dragon kind of Mortal Kombat-looking thing <laughs> on my shoulder, which I have since covered up. I have since got a tattoo cover-up, which you have seen. Yeah. Uh, which I will not give well, away. Well, you kind of just accentuated audience. it, essentially. I got, you've it's covered not, it It's up. not a dragon anymore. It's something completely different. Uh, I got a real artist to take care of it for me. Yeah, because and this then, looked like – a 16-year-old uh, yes. doing a Mortal Kombat imitation. Exactly. It was like, at the time, <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool, and then I saw other people had the exact same tattoo. I was like, this is lame. And then you got... It looked uh, like a seahorse is really what yes. people would pick on it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a big one, yours. Mine was small. I, mean, I was not, you know, all together at that moment, but there was still enough of me that was just like, I'm going to do something minimal damage. I got the symbol of a hurricane. Uh, with a yin-yang inside of it, and that's uh, on my back, like my shoulder blade, but it's but it's very small. Yeah, you got you, you got a really small thing on your back, which like no one would ever care. If I had gotten that, I would never would have covered it up. I like, this is no, no one ever even knows it exists. No one ever sees it. And then our friend Paul got a shamrock. Uh, <laughs> Paul McGoldrick got a shamrock. And then since uh, – what, what are the words he got put around it later on? Uh, it was some sort of – Some country lyrics. Yeah, it, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, you'll never the, get yours the covered. The party up. never ends, but – Something never ends, but the party will live forever. Something, something like that. Something ridiculous. All I remember is that you were furious, especially with me, that I got a small one on my back. And you got this huge – and his is on his back too, although it's bigger. And you got this big one on your arm. And you were like – the next day you were you were saying, like, what the heck? That that basically, you know, no one's ever going to see mine. And you've got this monster thing on your bicep. I thought we should all should have gone in together. Yeah, it wasn't that I wasn't mad about my tattoo. I like that we all went in as friends, but I was like, we should have gotten either the same thing or let's all get one on our back. I I felt I felt left out and upset, and that's one of the reasons I'm leaving the podcast today. Well, so many people sent in, by the way, for Ask Anthony. So many that there was a bunch, including from Ben Waldruff. You know what it would take to keep the show going. Uh, nothing. I mean, there w- they could have kept going if the league had treated me differently or treated the podcast differently, but they blew it. Uh, and I'm, I'm supposed to have a meeting with someone from the network after this, but I don't think that's going to go well. I think uh, I think I'm going to take him to the woodshed. Oh, please! And I I disagree. I think people can do something to keep it going. I think if people listen in and the buzz starts building, and Anthony starts being he's away from the podcast, and then the next season starts rolling around. Now, even taking a week off, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. That uh, taking two weeks off is going to make it doubly so, and, and people cannot influence. Well, you're like Peyton Manning. You know, you're you're emotional right after the season. You've put everything you had into this season of RJVP, but when the next season starts going around. And uh, you know you're driving somewhere, and maybe you hear uh, a few, few licks of 59 miles to Jacksonville, and then the blood's gonna start flowing. 59 miles to Jacksonville, driving together between the lines, you and me on I-95. 59 miles to Jacksonville. That was Roger Goodell's edited to keep Greg's job. A joke that will definitely not be cut. Um, here's a, this is one of the last things I want to do. We don't have predictions uh, this week, but I wanted to uh, talk about the last Boy Scout, 
One of my favorite movies of all time, Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans, The Last Boy Scout. I watched it a million times in college. Greg, you have never seen it. I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen parts of it because you watched it, like you said, in college, so I would watch 20 minutes here or there. I definitely saw the most memorable scene at some point, but I never watched it all the way through. And this is something, even when we were talking about doing this podcast back in July, this was on your mind. You really wanted to revisit The Last yes, Boy Scout. Yes, I, I wanted to put it in present-day circumstances. Brandon, have you ever seen The Last Boy Scout? Nope. Okay. Put it in present-day circumstances. Describe the plot to you as if it was real, like, current-time players. I'll make it the Dallas Cowboys as opposed to the L.A. Stallions, which is the team in the, in the movie. And you tell me what, would, what your job would be like that week if this <laughs> happened, okay? Let's start. Okay. Let's say Darren McFadden, the Cowboys' leading rusher last year, gets a call at halftime of a Monday night football game against the Cleveland Browns, telling him to win the game at any cost or else. Okay. McFadden takes PCP, <laughs> puts a gun in his waistband, and takes the field for the second half. On the first carry of the half, McFadden shoots three Browns players, <laughs> one in the knee, two in the head, scores, gets into the end zone, takes off his helmet, says, ain't life a b-, and then shoots himself in the head. <laughs> Kills himself. What would your job be like that week? You said it was, it was tough when, <laughs> when Lynch retired during the game with 10 minutes left. What would that be like for you? Yeah, that would be tough. We would definitely go breaking news on that. Mm-hmm. Darren, you know, breaking. Darren McFadden uh, kills three Browns and self. Shoot, kills two. Kills two and, Browns and, and one career. And himself. That would be the headline because you have to fit it in like a certain amount of words. Tell to, me this. Would get into the, you know, because it comes on your phone. You need to have a certain, you know, a certain length to get it on your phone. Would the Cowboys get the W for that game? Well, it would raise a lot of questions. You would, sure. you would, th- <laughs> you would think the game would stop right then. Uh, and it would just become a crime scene. I don't know how Fox, you know, who carries NFC games, would fill those next couple hours. That would be interesting to watch. Like, would they go to, you know, the Panthers-Jaguars game? Mm-hmm. Or would they just go to James Brown and Terry Bradshaw offering analysis that, oh, my God, Darren McFadden just killed two people and himself? I would think they would do the latter. And would really be asking a lot of Terry. Okay. Let's say a couple days later. <laughs> a couple days later. Tony Romo's wife, Candace, is gunned down by hitmen. <laughs> what? Tony Romo. This happens in the movie, you're saying? Yes. The, the equivalent, because yes. we don't want to suggest this that. Is Damon, this is Damon Wayans in the movie. You're Wait, saying Hall- Halle Berry is his girlfriend. So I'm saying uh, Tony Romo plays the part of... Uh, of um, Damon Wayans. Of Damon Wayans. And uh, Candace, his wife, plays the, uh, Halle Berry. Underrated talent, Damon Wayans. Underrated talent, Halle Berry. Tony Romo's wife, Candace, is gunned down by hitman, and then Tony kills several of the hitmen in retaliation. What what's your week like after that? What's what's your day like? Is that a big thing? Yeah, that would that would feel like we were just. I mean, first of all, we would be covering. We would still be covering the McFadden thing mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah, that would be going on. Everyone would be doing that. It'd be very stressful, also working at the NFL because this would be an uncomfortable story, I believe, for the league especially. Sure. Re- really, any anyone covering it, it'd be it'd be tricky. You have to make sure you get everything right. Uh, people would, you know, when they heard that story, people would obviously be unhappy um, for Mrs. Romo, but they would also be really upset about themselves because, oh my God, that it, it would just go to another level. Aaron Hernandez was hard enough. This would be this would be something. Would Romo get to play that Sunday? Well, I think he would be allowed to if he wanted to. It, would the NFL cancel games? I don't think so. Okay, not yet. People, let's keep going. People talked up. I mean. Everyone, when they think of Brett Favre, they think about how he played, you know, a, the day or day or two after his dad died, mm-hmm. or that day. Best game of his life. So, 
you know, maybe Tony was, Romo, but, Tony, but Tony Brett Romo might dad, be celebrated. Brett Favre's dad wasn't killed by hitmen, and Brett Favre didn't have to kill those hitmen himself. Well, plus, 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 he'd have a backup running back the next week. Joseph, you know, that that would be problematic. The next day, Greg, after Tony Romo's wife <laughs> dies and he kills some of the hitmen, the next day Tony Romo finds a tape recording of a conversation between Jerry Jones and Texas Senator Ted Cruz trying to get gambling legalized. Apparently, Candace, Tony Romo's wife, was trying to blackmail Jerry Jones, and that's why he had her killed. Okay, he finds this out. Right <laughs> Now, Ted Cruz wants too much money to legalize gambling. He wants $6 million. They're offering three. He wants six. Seems low, so Jerry Jones decides it's cheaper to have Ted Cruz killed <laughs> by a sniper during a Cowboys game. <laughs> Again, these are the characters in the movie. You're making them the current day. Okay, everyone has seen confusing. this movie except for you and Brett. Okay, okay. All right. During the game, during the game where they're going to assassinate Ted Cruz, Tony Romo, who's not playing, jumps on a horse, <laughs> jumps on a horse on the sidelines, takes the game ball from the field of play, <laughs> and throws it into the luxury box, hitting Ted Cruz square in the nose. Just as the sniper, who's hidden by the lights, fires at Ted Cruz. Just stops Ted Cruz from getting killed, but breaks his nose. The sniper is then shot by police and falls into a helicopter blade, sending blood and viscera and body parts all over the crowd below. What's your week like then? What's your your day like? Well... Have we like did I would have to I would have to call NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Mm-hmm. Like, has he confirmed the conversations between Jerry Jones and the senator? Because that's a key part of the story. The whole gambling conversations. It's not public knowledge yet. I like I would need Ian to you know Ian would have to confirm all of that. If he did, I think we would just shut down NFL.com. That would be it. We would right, shut it down. It would be <laughs> over. You call it the league. That would be over. I just think it'd be too. It'd be too much truth to deal with, and uh, we'd let other people, you know, cover the league for us. Now, if you didn't confirm it, if it was just the Tony Romo shooting, I think we'd do a long-form feature on how he saved the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, let me put the let me put the cherry on the Sunday. <laughs> this is the last part. <laughs> Jerry Jones escapes. All right, he gets out of the stadium after all this happens, but takes a suitcase he thinks is full of money, but actually contains a bomb, <laughs> which he brings home and opens. Killing the Cowboys owner in a massive explosion that you can see you can see from the stadium. He blows himself up in a huge explosion. Now what happens? Now all the all the story comes out about Jerry Jones trying to bribe senators, trying to assassinate people. Tony Romo's name is cleared. Well, that's great for Romo, but that's bad. You know, Jerry Jones is a big supporter of the league. He's a big time owner. Uh, technically he owns one, you know, thirty second of NFL.com. So if we hadn't shut down the league's website before, I think that's it. Flags are at half-mast for Jerry Jones, even though he had all these people killed. Yeah. Even though he had Tony Romo's wife killed. I I feel like you could not keep the Cowboys in the Jones family. You couldn't just give it to Steven. Okay, it's Stevens. I think it, it becomes very complicated, and maybe you have to give the team to Mark Davis, Al Davis's son. Ooh, I like that. Let's go to some bonus content. That is someone sitting on an accordion. That was the laziest sad song you could have possibly found. Uh, maybe this gets cut for time. I'm going to read the email. People wonder why I'm not coming back to this podcast, uh, why the NFL is happy that I would not be coming back. We definitely have our fans. People support this. People will continue to support. But the NFL has not been very supportive. And I'll read uh, an email that I sent to Greg to forward uh, to his bosses. Um, and then Greg will tell you the parts that he edited 
uh, which, which caused me to like him less, even though he's my best friend. This is my email to Greg. I sent this maybe, what, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Yeah, Jan- mid-January. I'll be as brief and blunt as possible. Feel free to forward this to your boss or any of the higher-ups. <laughs> We've been discussing a car service to take me to and from the podcast every Wednesday for the past month or so. And while I don't think anyone would consider me a diva, I am certainly talent. A car service might sound like a big perk for many people, but I have come to expect it on every job I have done for the past five years. I understand that this is a free podcast, but you cannot dangle a perk in front of me and then not follow through. The second I am told a car shouldn't be a problem, I expect a car. Not following through, is Im- uh, not following through immediately is quite frankly <laughs> with me. And I will continue to do this podcast as long as the NFL is gracious enough to have me, but I will not be I don't expect anyone to bend over backwards for me, but, but I absolutely expect the NFL employee in charge of travel to type my name, address, date, and time into the system and make my life 50% easier. I look forward to the league's response and expect you to print out this email and have it framed, for it is a treasure. Your best friend, Anthony Jessel. <laughs> now, what part did you edit out, Greg? What did you take out before you sent it up? Yeah, I regret that. Uh, I, <laughs> I took out the... the with me and the I will not be f- with yeah the, uh, the the heart of the email I don't th- I think you get your message across other than that but I was looking out for you when I told this story to uh to Emika my wife you know she said me editing out that email was almost like our friendship in a nutshell you trying to ruin it <laughs> <laughs> Me trying to, you know, smooth things over just a little bit, keep things going. And now where are we? We're doing the last show. It's well, better. it's better than uh, us not doing the last three or four shows. Not to me. Let's do predictions. Stop up red and you Have you in the hospital needed? On the streets in the snow you'll see. That was your old Droog. A, a fitting second to last song, a penultimate song. Before we end this podcast, uh, no games. Let's do predictions, Greg. What do you predict is going to happen with our JVP? Oh, well, how lucky that I get to. I predict that we're going to be back. Of course, we're going to be back. You, you know, you act all tough and you write these emails and that's all true. And I'm, of course, I'm on your side with this. It's, it's ridiculous. Some of the things that have that have gone on. But I think once you get away from uh the Rosenthal and Justin McVanity project. Brandon, quicker than you on that one. You're getting slow. Uh, I think you're going to think about this. You're going to look back on it very fondly, and you're going to think, let's figure out a fun way to work together again at the NFL, and that we'll be back. And, you know, it might be maybe next season. Maybe it'll be the whole offseason's off, but we'll be back. That's my prediction. Well, I mean, I understand you would say that. Uh, there's no way. I'm a, I'm an optimistic, positive guy. I'll say this: we will definitely work together again. I've enjoyed doing this, but getting me here for 16 episodes, six, I'll I'll count all 16, uh, has been crazy. That I've done all this. Um, you're lucky that I've done any of these. Maybe plus 16 of them. Maybe they could change things up in in terms of the agreement of you being here and whatnot. Who knows? At this point, they would have to bend over so hard for me, and the, the, they will never do that. They would never like we've talked about uh, the idea of a TV show on the NFL Network. Mm. They would never allow that. They well, would never yeah. allow us to do what we would want to do. And that won't happen. I'll say this. We, we will work together again. Maybe n- maybe not RJVP. Mm. Maybe what I've called the junior vice president of the Jesselnik and Rosenthal Vanity <laughs> Project. Maybe that could live somewhere else. Not here. 
but we'll see. But I think by the time next season rolls around, rolls around, my life will be in a very different place. I'll have things I'll be working on that I will not be able to do, have the time for this, uh, which is fine. But we will work together again. You're my best friend. Friend. Um, but but this is this is dead. This is dead as of uh, about three minutes from now. I I refuse to believe any of that. You know, some of that was hurtful. And I think once your time once your time in the sun is it's coming out even more, and you're busier and busier. That's even more when Jesselnik needs to have a little reality in his life, have a little more of the the God. God kids, Ellis. And I'll hang out. And Walker and have a little more of this because this is more real than, than the rest of your work life. Touchdown, <laughs> Air Bud. All right, Greg. Uh, you want to play one more song, Brandon? Brandon, what do you think about this ending? I like it. You like that it's ending? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I, no, Brandon is sad about ending. What do you like about this ending? I thought this particular one was good. But the actual show, I don't like it. You don't like that we're ending? You, do, you haven't enjoyed doing it. Has this helped no, your life? I've enjoyed doing it. You've enjoyed doing it? Has, it's has it spiced helped your, up my life. It has. Do you, people like talk to you about it? Is it like, has it made you more employable or less employable? <laughs> I would say more employable. Yeah. Well, look because, at the other. Because I know you. Look I at the other so. gigs he's gotten. He's doing um, men's and women's ping pong for mm-hmm. what, CSUN? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A um, lot of extra gigs. Yeah, pretty much. Great. Great, Greg. Great last joke. Uh, before, you want to play one more song? Go ahead, Brandon. Whatever you want this time. Sit back, enjoy the ride. Sit back, enjoy the ride. Sit back, enjoy the ride. Sit back, sit back, enjoy the ride. No one could ever get sick of that song, no matter how much they try, and they've tried hard. Uh, Greg, before we leave, last show, last part of the last show. Tell me about uh, my God kids. How are Ellison Walker? How are your children? They're good. I mean, I got home yesterday from nine days away that's the longest i've been away from from both of them the first time uh emika and i really spent any time away from from both of them since walker was born uh and it was really cool like i when i got back walker could not be more excited the i feel like the the half hour hour after we got home and he realized emika and i had not just left him forever with his was, was the happiest hour of his entire life. So that was really cool. And Ellis uh, was obviously very happy to see us. And we heard her early on the show and she loves you. And I think that's one thing I want to point out before, before this all wraps up that, you know, you, you joke around about, you know, this tough Anthony Jeselnik guy, but you're a great godfather. You're people out there should know you're a great godfather to these kids and they love you. And I picked well choosing Jeselnik as my godfather. You're a lucky man. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here with Move the Sticks. Bucky, tell everybody what's on the latest Move the Sticks episode. The five lessons we learned from the Denver Broncos in terms of how to build a championship team. Also, what are the deepest positions in the draft? Look down the middle. Those defensive tackles are nice. Yeah, we've got you covered as we march towards the NFL draft. Move the Sticks. You can find us on iTunes, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as YouTube.